Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. And I'm really excited to jump into this brand new series. My son is preaching the message in the Friendswood campus, and we were talking back and forth all week about this, studying together, really excited about navigating life. You know, navigation is important, and and if you don't know where you're going, uh, then what is the purpose of even going anywhere? You want to have a destination but you wanna know how to get to that destination. And that's what we're gonna talk about over these next six weeks. If you didn't get an invite card, uh, these are not just for you, these are for you to invite your friends. So if you wanna pick some up in the lobby on the way out, we're gonna be talking about the existence of God today, next week, the word of God, the importance of the church, God's pattern of, of life, the promise of the spirit, and then the last Sunday about teaching our children. I, I'm, I'm thankful that I have um, the Bible, I have belief, I have faith, and that really helps me navigate. You know, I, I like maps. I'm kind of a map guy and, and, uh, everywhere I've gone over the last 20 years of mine and Nancy's life, uh, I, I'll stop at a store and go in and she just smiles when I go in because she knows I'm going to come out with a map. I've got maps of all the little towns that we've gone through in the States and, and, and I, and I love maps. I, I loved maps for a long time. As a matter of fact, I think one of the first vacations that we ever went on, we were a member of of the uh, AAA, and, and we went. I went down to the AAA office, and I said, "This is where we want to go." And they printed out all of these maps. They put it in this little book, and, and you would flip the page, and every page had like about fifty miles of this road that you would go on, and and uh, then it would fold open, and it would give more. It, I tell you, it was one of the best things I ever had in my life. I loved it. And and, um, and then, uh, lo and behold, GPS comes along. Man, that is just awesome, isn't it? Awesome. It's irritating, but it's awesome. You know, that voice uh, recalculating. I know where I'm going, lady. Uh, recalculating, turn here. No, I know a shortcut. And, 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 and it's just important for us to have that tool of navigation for our life. Where, um, where do you want to end up with, uh, on your journey? Where, where are you going and what are, what are the markers that you're using for the reference of your life? What are the patterns that you're following? And, and, and you know, the world is full of, of, of wrong turns. Do, do, you, do you know that? The world is full of, uh, of detours and hidden pitfalls. And, 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 you know, we are surrounded by so many philosophies that just bomb and so many things that, that seem appealing and, and they seem like they're right, but, but are they really the course that we want to take? Are they really something that we want to use to, to navigate our life? And, and I'm thankful today as we go through this series, we can talk about some of those guiding principles that we need, like our belief in 
in God and the word of God and the church and, and prayer and marriage and relationship and the spirit. And, and, and I, I believe that the Lord wants to talk to us during this time. I, I, I plan the 21 days of prayer to coincide with this series because I want us to really seek God for what he has for our life. And I know it's already been on the video, but I want to just say it again. Follow us each morning at 6.30 on our Facebook page for the devotion. We're going to bring a prayer focus for every day. And, and sometime during that day, gather your family together, pray over those things. And then we're going to end our 21 days on October the 3rd right here. We're going to have communion together. We're going to pray together and just really ask the Lord to help us have the proper navigation. I, I don't want, I don't want to go the wrong way. You know, I, I don't want to end up in a place that I didn't plan on being in. I, I don't want to go someplace and, and take the wrong turn. I, I was reading quite a few stories about faulty navigation and the different types of navigation. And I may bring some of those out during our series, but I was reading about this one couple, they're from Britain, and they were in Germany, and they were following uh, the GPS and what the GPS would say. And, and while they're driving on this little back road, the system says, you need to turn right here. Now, I'm not for sure what happens when a system says turn right and you look right and there's a building, but that's what they did. They turned right because the system told them to turn right and they plowed right through the middle of a church, completely destroyed their car, did all kind of damage to the church and um, they, they were fine. They spent the evening in the hospital and recovered, but they were all right. And, and, and you just got to imagine somebody just turning into a building. Isn't that crazy? Because the Navigation was faulty. It actually happened to a couple of good friends of mine. Uh, they're salesmen, paper salesmen, and their name is Dwight uh, and Michael. And, and one time they were on a road and, and the GPS said to turn right. And Michael was saying, well, this is what the GPS is saying. And Dwight was saying, no, but it's a lake. And, and guys, they, if you know, you know, they just turned right into the lake. You know, it was just crazy. And it's amazing what this uh, GPS will do. But th this is what I believe here this morning. And today we're talking about the existence of God. I personally believe that the greatest help in you navigating your life is to be completely dependent on God. I think that's the greatest navigational tool that you'll have and, and, and is when you just completely surrender your life and turn your life over to the Lord and trust him with the steps that he has ordered for you. And, and, and it really brings us to a question is what is your belief about God? I mean, we are living in a world that um, is, is doing everything it can to to come against the belief that there is a God. I mean, we hear it all the time. We hear uh, celebrities talk about it. We hear comedians talk about it. They're, they're ready to throw all of that out because how can that be true that there's a God? And, 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 and I, I want not only to believe in God, listen, but I want that belief to have a profound effect on every step that I take. 
I, I want to make sure that my belief in God is what is guiding my decisions, my actions, my thoughts. I, I don't want to just believe in God. I want to believe in God at such a measure where I understand that I need to live my life according to what he wants me to do and how he wants me to live. I believe that the world is full of people that say, yes, I believe that there is a God, but when you watch their life, there's no evidence that they really believe it. There's nothing that they're following through on that really shows that they have a belief. And, and, and really, there's consequences to belief. I mean, if we really believe there is a God, then, then we believe that there is a heaven and a hell, right? If we believe there is a God, we believe that there should be a way of living that is right before him. And, and does my belief really have an impact on how I'm living my life and where my destination is going? Andrew talked about it, but one of the first things we talk about in our discover, uh, I mean, our growth track, which I'm going to be teaching when the service is over, is, is to know God, to really know who he is. And, and it's much more than just the, the knowledge in my head. It's the feeling that I have in my heart when I follow him. And, and the Bible, which we're going to really get into the word of God uh, and what it means to us next week. But, but the Bible starts out by saying, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. He, he's, the, he's the one that was there. And, and, and I love the fact that the Bible is never seeking to prove that there is a God. It's always declaring that God is. It's not trying to convince people that there is a God. It's saying this is the way it is. There is a God and he is a reality and he is here today. And th this is what I've found. I've found that people will either believe in the creator God, the one who caused everything to come into being and the one that holds it all in his hand or they'll believe in a created God a God that we create out of our own thoughts, our own wants, our own desires. And as a pastor, I can tell you over the last 30 years of just talking to people, there are many people that have just created a God and they'll live how they want to live and they'll worship this created God that they have created because there's no consequences to their lifestyle. There's no consequences to what they're doing because they have a God that they've created that will agree with everything that they're doing and rationalize away everything that is wrong in their life when the truth is there is a creator God and he has called us to love him with all of our hearts and with everything that we have. And so I just declare here this morning that I believe in an eternal God. I believe in a God that had no beginning and has no end. I believe in a God that exists outside of time. And, and before you say, explain that to me, I'll just be real frank with you. I don't know how to explain it. How can my finite mind talk to you about something that is eternal, that is without beginning and without end, but I believe that God is, and I believe that he will always be. This is what we need to come to the fact of, that we don't need to sit around and wait for science to either prove or disprove God. We need to understand that the existence of God is a miracle. It's outside of the realm of our understanding. And we need to embrace what we feel in our heart that there is a God who loves us. 
This is a, this is a tool of navigating through my life, of, of having this firm belief that God is and the existence of God and how he's going to walk with me. There, I, I was reading through some quotes the other day and this one name jumped out to, uh, to me and it's, uh, the, the name is Blaise Pascal. Pascal was my grandfather's middle name, and, and this, uh, this man was a French mathematician. He was a uh, physicist. He was an inventor, philosopher, and, and um, he was a theologian. And, and, and when he was arguing for the existence of God, his argument was a very simple one. Reason and intellect cannot decide the question of whether God exists or not. It doesn't, that, that, it, it's not happening up here. It, it's not going to be something that we can learn through a book. And this is the incredible quote that I took away from reading uh, some of the things that he said. He said, we know the truth, not only by reason, but also by the heart, by our faith, by what's inside of us, but what we know is true. And, and, and this is what I would love for everybody in this room to do today. I would love for you to embrace this doctrine. And this doctrine is, is that God is dependent on nothing and everything is dependent on him. Let me just say that again. God is dependent on nothing. He's not looking for a Walmart. He's not looking for a next meal. He's not looking for help. He's not looking for a committee. He is the sovereign God over all things and nothing. He's dependent on nothing. And yet everything about my life, can you say with me everything? Everything about my life is dependent on our God. I need him. Somebody join with me today. I need him. I need God in my life. I need the help of the Lord in my life. I need him to walk with me. And that doctrine of a God that is dependent on nothing and everything is dependent on him is a powerful way to live our life. It's a powerful way to navigate through the issues of our life. And, and I believe three things about God. And there's a lot of different attributes and, and characteristics, but these are the three main things that I wanted to bring to you. I believe that, first of all, that God is omniscient. Omniscient. And omniscient is just a word that means all-knowing. I believe that God knows everything. I, I believe that God knows the end from the beginning. I believe that he knows the past. I believe that he knows the tomorrow. I believe that there is, uh, there is nothing that God is not aware of. I believe that he knows. He is so all-knowing that he saw me before I was born. Does anybody believe that? He's so all-knowing that he knows the words that will come out of my mouth before I speak them. Amen. He's so all-knowing that he knows the depths of my heart and everything that is in there. Now, this is not something that is new to us. This is one of our scriptures that we talk about all the time when we talk about living the best life that I could ever live. The best life I could ever live is when I completely surrender to the life that God created me to live because he's all-knowing. He created me with a purpose. And, and David said in that Psalm that we read many times, Psalm 139 
verse 15 and 16, he said, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Listen to this. Every day of my life is recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Our God is an omniscient God. Our God is omnipresent. Everybody say omnipresent. That simply means that he is all present, that there is absolutely nowhere I can go where I can escape the presence of the almighty God. He is everywhere. He is capable of being at every place at every time and hearing everybody pray. That used to bother me when I was a child, when dad would say, let's all pray. And I would think about all those voices and, and, and God, can you hear me in the midst of all of this? He's all present. I don't care if you're praying back there and you're praying over there and I'm praying right here. It's as if God is standing in front of us because he is the all present God that is everywhere. His divine presence encompasses. It, it, it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's all over the whole of the universe and there's no location that he does not inhabit. This is what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah 23 and 24 says, can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth, says the Lord. He is a mighty God. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. And the third thing that I'll tell you today about God is he is omnipotent. That simply means that he is all powerful, all powerful. Somebody say all powerful. That means that he has control over all things, every element. He has control over everything that is in the world and in the universe. He is the one that has it all under control. And there's no limit to his power. There's no limit to what he is able to do. This is what Nehemiah said. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their angels. You made the earth and all that is on it and the sea and all that is in them. You give life to all of them and the angels of heaven bow down to you. He is the great God who has all power. This is what Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. He said in Colossians 1.16, for through him, talking about Jesus Christ, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Man, what a mighty God we serve. He's um a present. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. And, and, and yet with all of that being said, there are many that have yet to find God. And some are even unsure if God even exists, if there really is a God. And maybe there's somebody in this room that, that is wondering, is there really a God? Is everything that that guy is talking about up there, is it true? Is it something that's even plausible? Does God really exist? And, and I want to give you just a few reasons why we can believe. Beyond just our faith and beyond the word of God, I want to talk about a couple of things. Number one is the reason of God. Causation, causation. Now, causation is, is one of the base, 
basic propositions, prepositions of science in that every effect must have a cause. Every effect must have a cause, the principle of causation. So let's put it this way. If you walk into a room and you see a ball rolling across the floor, you're going to look for somebody who kicked that ball. Unless you're scared and you're looking for ghosts that you can't see. But if we walk into a room and something is moving, we know that somebody's been in there. We know that someone kicked the ball. The ball doesn't move on its own. The ball doesn't take off on its own. It has to have help. It has to begin its movement. It has no ability. This bottle of water that is sitting here has no ability to move on its own. But if it's moving, you can rest assured that somebody picked it up and was rolling it. Somebody had something to do with it moving. And so we need to understand that scientists recognize this reality and have developed a list of things and that's what causation is every effect has a cause something caused it everything that begins had a cause everything that that changes course has a cause everything that is finite has a cause everything that is limited has a cause I just want you to know today that I believe that the universe is here for a cause it's not an accident it's not an accident. And I know that there are a lot of people that talk about the Big Bang Theory and how all of a sudden it all came into being. And I'm just telling you right now, when you walk into the room and the universe is moving, look around to find out who kicked it, who started it. It's just not an accident. All of this matter didn't just appear out of nowhere. There was something that happened. And this is what I believe. I believe just like the writer of Hebrews chapter 11 says it in verse number three, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. You call it what you want to, big bang, sudden explosion, whatever it is, here's what I think it is. God's command when he steps out on the stage of the universe and calls everything into being. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see, everybody say what we now see, it did not come from anything that can be seen. That's just the writer's way of saying all of the things that we see right now, there weren't there. God called them into existence. Now that's the big bang. That's God calling it forth. That's God being the creator. And the universe has a cause. God created it. One of the things that they talk about is how, well, God created this big universe and there's so much wasted space. How would he do that? Why is he wasting all that space? But truth is, if you study, psych uh, uh, study physics and study what scientists say, they will tell you that the beginning of our universe was so important to develop the minerals, the, the gases that we have on this earth. My son has an incredible uh, uh, write-up about that on his Facebook page if you want to see that by faith we understand that it was created, formed at God's command. Okay, that, that causation, that, that's pretty good. I, I, I like that. I like, I like that. But, but in case that didn't catch you, let's go on to the next reason why we believe that God exists. And it's, the, it's just the simple reason of design. Everybody say design. Design. 
something that operates in such precise fashion as the universe, as we understand it does, could not have been an accident. Have you ever done the, or read the study about, well, if the, if the earth was 15 miles further closer to the sun or 15 miles further away from the sun or whatever it is, it's been a long time since I've read it, but it, it's amazing how we are positioned in just the right place in the universe to sustain life. Now, is that an accident or is there a design in that? Well, what about my body and what about my uh, health and what about how my heart beats and how my nervous system works and my digestive system works and all of, is that something that is just, it just happened or could there be that there is a design to everything that is going on? I mean, our world is full of complexity. Just the other day, Nancy and Lace and I were eating, um, We were out eating. What? What's so funny? I had tacos. I didn't have cheese enchiladas. When we came out of the restaurant, our granddaughter was with us and she decided she was going to pick some flowers for Nancy. They were just little weed flowers. You know what I'm talking about? Little stray flowers, weed flowers, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't want to. And, and each one of those flowers was so complex. Each one of the little flowers had several, like little blooms on it. And we were just, it's the first time I've ever seen a flower like that. Nancy said it was the first time she'd seen one. And they've probably been all around us all our life. But just to really pay attention of the complexity that was just in that little thing. And, and, and this is what I think. I think that complexity, if we look at it, what we're going to find is incredible order. Just logic tells us that order and design in the universe points to a designer. It, it points to somebody that put it all in place. A, a, a random action could, could never produce the highly integrated organization which we observe in the world and, and, and in nature. It couldn't. Consider where it all came from. Now, if I was to bring up a box of toothpicks, Any, has anybody ever bought a box of toothpicks? Let me just see your hand if you've and isn't it cool when you open them up, how they're all in order, you know, you just, it's just so nice. Now, now, let me just ask you a question. If I decided that in that box of toothpicks, I was going to insert a firecracker <laughs> because I wanted to make a toothpick bridge. Has, it, has anybody ever seen the toothpick bridge? It's, it's kind of an engineering deal, you know, where, where people get these toothpicks out and they, they put the, these toothpicks together to form a bridge that can hold weight, a lot of weight, based on the, the I, I would explain it all, but it it's, takes too long. It's just a lot of engineering. You just have to read about it yourself. But, but I do have a picture of one just to give you an example. So, so what if I put a, a, a firecracker in a box of toothpicks, how many of you believe that this is what would come out of that explosion? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And yet people want us to believe, you talk about faith. You talk about faith. People want us to believe that all of this came just randomly. No, I'm sorry. I believe that there is a designer and a creator and he is the mighty God that we serve. I know that the possibility of that coming out of an explosion is absolutely zero. And when I consider the stars and the heavens and nature and how everything works together, you're gonna tell me that it's all chaos, that it developed out of chaos? I'm sorry. Order does not come from chaos. Instead, design points to a designer. This is what God said, Isaiah 48 and 13. It was my hand that laid the foundation of the earth, my right hand that spread out the heavens above. When I call the stars, they all appear in order. Causation. Design. What about just moral understanding? Knowing what is right and wrong. And, and I know in different cultures, there's different levels of understanding, but, but everyone in this room knows that it's not right to kill somebody. We're, 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 that's, that's inherent. That's just part of us. There's a, there's a moral understanding that, that it's not right to steal for somebody. It's not right to cheat, cheat on or cheat from somebody. I, it's just a moral understanding. It points to someone who put something inside of us, a moral understanding. It's not something that animals of the world around us see. It's not something that they understand. We alone in the, in the scope of this world are, are, are setting on a place that we understand what's right and wrong and what's moral and what's not moral. Causation, design, Moral understanding. One of the things that we really lean heavily on here at Life Church is biblical authority. Why, why do you believe in God? Well, I believe in God because Genesis 1 and 1 says, in the beginning, God, and that settles it for me. Right. How many of you believe that way? You know, uh, next week, I'm going to get into this. I'm not going to take a long time on it today. But you know what I want to do next week? I, I want to I kind of go old school. I, I want you to bring your Bible, Okay. I'm sure that if I ask right now who had their Bible, there would be some, but most of us, me included, uh, on Sunday, I use my iPad, I use my iPhone, I, I have all of the Bible translations there that I can uh, readily uh, get on, on and see. And, but you know, I, I just thought when, when, when next week when we start talking about biblical authority, let's just bring our Bibles and, and just look like we're an old school church. How does that sound? So causation is an incredible reason to understand that there is a God. Nothing happens by accident. There is a cause to it. The big bang didn't just happen. There could have, there, there, it was the word of God that called things into being. Um, design, that, that's important. Moral, the moral authority, the moral understanding, the, 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 the biblical experience or the biblical word of God. But, but then the fifth thing is just, uh, just, personal experience. Does anybody here have a personal experience that confirms, that solidifies, that, that, that puts you at a place where you know that, uh, I'm sorry, don't tell me there's no God because I have felt him. Can I have a witness of anybody that has been there? Just 
personal experience. And I can tell you right now, as someone that was raised in the church and someone that went to more services than I can even count and has preached thousands of services, uh, sermons, I'm still surprised by the presence of God in such a mighty way. And over and over and over again, he confirms, I am that I am. I am my personal experience of feeling him, my personal experience of, of, of uh, walking in his presence, of, of knowing that he has directed my past. Let, let me just ask it this way. Is there anybody in the room, when you look back through the past of your life, you can see the hand of God directing you and helping you when you didn't know that he was there? That personal experience tells me there is a God. I was... First of the week, I was going through our service and, and I was listening to uh, the different songs that the team was going to sing here today, praying about them, thinking about them. And, and um, most of you probably do this. You plug your phone in, your, your car amplifies what's on your phone, and then you unplug it. And, and you don't think about it, but you, you go and plug it back in and, and it picks back up right where it was at or at a, at a place, you know, that's close to that. And, and so I was doing that. I was listening, I was listening to that last song available. I was just loving it. It's just an incredible song. And, and apparently it hooked me into a playlist that I didn't know about. And so I listened to the song. I got out of the car and went about my business. And I think it was the next day I get in the car and I plug it back in and, and this song comes on. He'll do it again. <laughs> You move the mountain. I'm not going to sing. I don't want you running out of the building, but you move. The, I, was, I, I know you're going to do it again. And in a moment that was unexpected for me, I'm in the presence of God and there is something that is taking place in my life. And all over again, I know that my God is real. My God is real. So I don't know if, if I've been convincing to everybody in the room I don't know if there's somebody here that maybe you're still holding in your heart that there's no such thing as God. This is all foolishness. I just want you to know that while you not, might not believe in God, he believes in you. He believes in you Amen. and he loves you. And, and what are the consequences of my belief? What, how is it going to change my life? How, how, how am I going to go out? And, and I think that the world is very familiar with Christians that proclaim to know God and then has watched their life and see that it has no effect on their life. I don't want to be like that. I want my belief in God to help me walk the way that I should walk. I want my belief in God to help guide my decisions. I, I, I want it to be something that helps me harness my thoughts. I, I want it to be something that will make sure that my actions are right before the Lord. Because if I believe in an eternal God, 
with no beginning and no end, that I have to believe that there's coming a time that, that we move into what God has told us, that there is a place of joy and peace everlasting in his presence. And there is a place of suffering when we're put aside into what is called hell forever. What is it going to be in my life? How is it going to be? I I want to close. um, I've talked about some of the characteristics of God, the omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence. There's others. There's the, the fact that God is holy. There's the fact that God is just. There's the fact that God is eternal. And there's, there's so many more. But I, I'm going to just close with, with this last one. This mighty God that is the creator of all things, that has all power, that is all present. He is love. He is love. This is what John, who was the beloved disciple that was so close to Jesus. Jesus, we know that when he entered into the ministry, he was about 30 years old. And when he gave himself on the cross, it was around 33, something like that. And most, um, most historians will tell us that when John started following Jesus, he was 13, 14 years old. Just a, just a boy, really. And you can kind of see it through the lens of the gospels, how, you know, the rest of the disciples, they really doted on John and took care of him. And, and some of them were probably pretty rough guys. They, Peter was probably older than Jesus and kind of the spokesman. John was able to really have this understanding of who God was. I, I mean, if you look at his gospel, he starts out with, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. He, he knew from, from early on following Jesus that the one that he was following was not just a man. He was not just a prophet. This was God in the flesh. And years later, when he starts writing these letters in his first letter, first John chapter four, this is what he says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for Love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Verse 8 says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. Will you say that with me? God is love. And, and he goes on to write, God showed how much he loved us. This Please catch this today, that that this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God loves you. Well, how do I know that? He showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Jesus was... God's love message to every one of us. I'll take your sins. I'll take your faults. I'll take everything that you've done wrong. I'll take everything that is written against you and I will erase it. I'll take it on myself and I will die. I will give myself as a sacrifice. John says, this is real love. (laughs) Not that we love God. So don't, I, I mean, I, I love God, but we can't pat our backs. Oh man, I love God. That, that's, that's not real love. 
Real love is that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. As much as we hate to admit it, our, our love has limits. There are people that at one time or another in my life, I thought I loved, I, guess what? I don't even know where they're at now. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have somebody like that in your life? You know why? Because our love has limits. And sometimes people just walk out of love. You know, we walk away from, from somebody that's toxic or, you know, I wish it wasn't that way, but it's the truth. But, but here's what we need to understand that God's love has no limits. He sent Jesus to die for us and his love for us is everlasting. This, this is what he said to Israel and to his people and he's still saying it today. Jeremiah chapter 31 and three. I have loved you you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. One of the greatest ways that we can understand the existence of God is when we feel him pulling us towards his presence, pulling us towards him in a world that it doesn't seem to make sense to have a God and serve a God and go to a church and, and worship like we worship. When a, when a world, it doesn't seem that, and yet there's this draw in our heart to come into this place and there's draw in this heart to lift my hands and there's a draw in my heart to say, I trust you, God, in every city. Hey, how many of us would have given up in the middle of the pandemic if we wouldn't have had the faith that God is going to see me through? It's God and his love towards us. Will you stand with me? I want the team to come out. And I'm so thankful for what I have felt here already. And this is the way I'd like to close it. Let me just um, close it like this. If you're far from God, this is how you can know that he loves you. He gave his one and only son to die for your sins. If you're doubting the existence of God, this is what you need to know, that he doesn't doubt your existence and he knows you, he knows everywhere you've been, he knows everything that you've gone through and he loves you still. And on this day, on this Sunday, this first Sunday of navigating life, let's make the decision I'm going to follow God, I'm gonna believe in God, and I am gonna trust God through every situation that I go through because I know that he'll never let me down. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for what we have felt in this service. Thank you what we have felt during our worship. Thank you for Lord, for what I have felt as I have been speaking here. I have felt people, the strength in them declare, their spirits declare, I believe in God. I believe, I believe that he loves me. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he is all powerful. I felt that dear Lord, I felt that in this room. And, and 
Lord, I, I, I'm praying right now, dear Lord, that, that if there's someone that is full of wondering and going back and forth, that even this morning, dear Lord, that you would just solidify in their hearts the decision that they need to make and the path that they need to walk and, and that you, oh Lord, with open arms, you love them. Jesus, you, you were sick of the religion of the world too and, and you told stories about how your love transcends all of the rules of mankind. You told us about a shepherd that would seek a lost sheep until he found it, a, a woman that would search for a coin until she found it and a father that would wait for a son no matter how far he went. And I know that's who our God is, our loving God who would do anything for us today to save us and to bring us close to him. And I just pray for everyone in this room that you, oh Lord, would help us with that. Help us to have that belief. Help us to understand that. And not only to believe it, Lord, but to walk in the way that you would have us to walk. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Prayer team, if you'll come and make your way to the front, come across the front here. As the team, and I know that Andrew is going to lead us in a great song. This is what I'd like for you to do. If you're here today and you just need a, you need somebody to pray with you. You need somebody to pray that you would have strength. If you, if you have doubt in your life and you want somebody to pray that faith would come alive. If you need healing, you need help, then I just encourage you while uh, Andrew is leading us that you would just make your way to the front. Let one of our prayer team uh, workers, pray, uh, prayer team members pray with you and let's believe God for something great today. Amen. I love you, Life Church. God bless you.